Welcome, everyone, to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host. I want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world. Thank you for joining me tonight. Hope you could spend the next hour here with us. For those of you who are joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit us on the web at deadtalklive.com. Also, if you have yet to do so, please go ahead and check out our YouTube channel, which is also called Dead Talk Live. Go ahead and subscribe. If you're there right now, please hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast. And also, while you're at it, don't forget to check out our new edition to our streaming lineup. We added Twitch. So if you want to check us out on Twitch, if you're a Twitch user, you prefer Twitch, just look us up, Dead Talk Live. So let me go ahead and welcome uh, some of our viewers tonight. Of course, we have Saz, who's moderating as a singer chick. Welcome to you guys. CC Weezy is with us. Khaleesi is also joining us. It's good to see you on here, Khaleesi. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to Philip Thompson on Facebook. Colette, Lisa Wilhelm is with us on Facebook. Uh, Ruben is also with us on YouTube, on the Instagram side. We have Marcia. We have, uh, let's see, Keithia was also with us. And Marie is moderating. So, like I said, I hope everyone's enjoying their evening. And I want to thank you yesterday for listening to my, was not intended to be a 30-minute speech, but it ended up being like a 30-minute speech on the tragic events that unfolded last night. And I want to thank you guys for the overwhelming support that I got uh, in the 24 hours after the show. Everyone was positive, uh, positive messages. I just want to say I appreciate them deeply. And, uh, you know, it, it means a lot. One person, though, I got I got to call this. I'm not going to call them out by name, but one person left a comment on YouTube. Now, this has been an avid supporter of Dead Talk Live for a long time. OK, and they left a message saying, "Uh-uh, oh, no, I need to get educated. I cannot support an anti-Trumper. And I just responded back, you know. Bye. <laughs> That's all I did. I said bye. Uh, I knew they would get the message in their notifications. And then I went ahead and I removed the message. Uh, I don't want anyone else to read, not her response, but me just saying goodbye. You know, thank you for your support. Uh, but that message, that person also, you know, put a thumbs down on the YouTube video, which was re removed. So anyway, that leads me to what I want to show you guys first. Uh, here is a person who has watched Dead Talk Live almost every episode and me expressing, not really taking sides politically, but just expressing the frustration of what the, the events that unfolded yesterday made this person see me in a completely different light, even though I'm the same person. I'm, you, you know, what you guys get from me every day is genuine. It's real. I'm not here putting on an act. Uh, you know, come 9.30 p.m. every night, I don't flip the hat and put on an act for you guys. This is who I am. But it leads me to this article. Now, this person is also an avid, avid Walking Dead fan huge Walking Dead fan, okay? And in the entertainment industry, you 
really keep your political opinions mostly to yourself. I don't like to delve into politics, but anyway, let me show you this article, okay? So, this is from the Walking Dead Twitter site. There's a whole article before this. It's basically all fluff, all right? But I want to show you the uh, tweets that have come from the official Walking Dead site and some of the cast members, okay, after the events that unfolded yesterday. So... Obviously, the official Walking Dead Twitter account writes, well, this is effing sad. Um, and then it goes on to say, America, guys, come on. Uh, Kari Payton, who plays King Ezekiel, writes, I'm not surprised. You know, talking about the insurrection that happened. Uh, Garrett Dillahunt, who plays John Dory on Fear the Walking Dead, uh, took it a little... Further, he says these F-sticks, I'm not going to say it, uh, these uh, F-sticks need to be wrangled. This is asinine, all right? He didn't hold back. He also went on to say shame on those who did it, okay? Uh, also, Mo Collins, who plays Sarah on Fear of the Walking Dead, uh, wanted to remind people of what the Capitol steps looked like during the Black Lives Matter protests that went on in D.C. There were a hell of a lot more cops. That's the point she's trying to make on these as well. So I just wanted to show that to you guys and say to that person who left me that remark, uh, does that now make you not a Walking Dead fan anymore? Because now you know the how these people feel personally about some of the events that unfolded yesterday. If they don't completely line up with your beliefs. Uh, because everybody, whether you're an actor, doesn't matter. We're all people. And everyone has their opinions. And what I've always preached on this show is to respect everyone's opinion. A lot of people think that by getting into arguments with people with people who have a difference of opinion, they are going to bring them over to their side. They feel they're going to put on such a compelling argument that they're going to flip that other person's opinion. Doesn't work that way. Trust me, it took me a long time to figure that out. And once you actually figure it out, you'll lead a, a lot peaceful life. <laughs> Let me just tell you. Just accept their opinion and respect it. That's all I'm saying. Pro-Trump against Trump, pro-Biden against Biden, doesn't matter. Everyone has their opinion. Respect it. We're all human beings in the end. Anyway, uh, just reading what you guys are saying. Uh, Philip says, yesterday was a damn shit show. Yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, Ruben on YouTube writes, I still love The Walking Dead. Uh, Singer Chick writes, I honestly believe the majority of entertainers are more liberal-minded, like myself. Yes, that is true. Uh, I don't like to put stereotypes on people, but yeah, whether it's the entertainment industry or why are big populated cities more liberal than rural areas? I mean, I don't know. Anyway, that's not for us to figure out. It's not for me to figure out in this hour, that's for sure. 
But I just wanted to point out this article for you guys. Uh, Philip also says everyone has opinion. Doesn't mean you have to like it. Exactly. You don't have to like it, but you have to respect that everyone's entitled to their opinion. Zambika is with us. Good to see you, Zambika. Says everyone has a right to their opinion. And what does The Walking Dead have to do with the shit show that's going on right now. That's twice now that term has been used in the last two minutes. Uh, yeah, it is a shit show. It's a, it's a shit show. It's a shit show. What happened yesterday was a shit show. Uh, but at the end of the day, and I stayed up, I will, I'm up at that hour anyway, at around 3.49 a.m. Eastern U.S. time, the United States Congress finished their job and certified the election results. They st- I'm actually proud of them. They stayed. They were not scared away by uh, whatever you want to call it. The siege, the protesters that broke in. They got back to work, stayed till you know almost 4 o'clock in the morning, and they certified the vote. And it's a victory for democracy. You know, doesn't matter who the winner was. The people spoke. A winner was picked. And the Congress did their job. Those who, there were a few that opposed it. But it was in the single digits on several states. Fine. Uh, they opposed it for political means. I No doubt in my mind whatsoever. But you know what? At the end of the day, democracy held up. At the end of the day, the people's will will be done. And uh, that's all you can hope for. That's all you can hope for. Anyway, moving on to some different stuff. Uh, I announced a couple of days ago that uh, we're going to have a special guest on here with us on January 12th. Barbara Crampton, who is one of the top five Scream Queens uh, of all time in horror movies is going to be our guest on January 12th, which is this coming Tuesday. Uh, Don't miss it. She got her start way back in the day with the movie Reanimator, and she has been in countless horror movies ever since Reanimator. And uh, I just read an article today that she's still going strong in her career, and I want to read it to you. She is going to be starring in an upcoming movie. So this is Barbara Crampton. This is going to be our guest this coming Tuesday. And let me read what it says. Sacrifice trailer. Barbara Crampton stars in a new Lovecraftian horror. And H.P. Lovecraft, for those of you that don't know, is one of those people that did not really rise to fame. And this is sad to say, you know, did not rise to fame till after their death. Uh, I hate when that happens. And it's happened so often uh, with artists throughout the centuries where they don't get fully appreciated for the work they've done while they were living until after they've passed away. So that's a little background on H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, act, acting icon Barbara Crampton has been in her fair share of horror movies since making her debut in the 1983 
but the world of Lovecraftian terror is a stomping. Sorry, I couldn't hear. Shut up, Siri. Damn. But in, sorry, but the world of Lovecraftian terror is a stomping ground. She's visited a few times before, and now she's back with the first trailer and poster for Andy Collier's and Tormion's Sacrifice, both of which can be viewed below. Uh, New York New Yorker Isaac and his pregnant wife return to a remote Norwegian village of his birth to claim an unexpected inheritance. Here they find themselves caught in a nightmare as an ancient evil awakens to claim a birthright of its own. The film is co-written and directed by Andy Collier and Tormayan and sees Crampton starring alongside Dag Sorlee, hope I pronounced that right, and Eric London, Jack Christiansen, uh, Joanna Addy Dahl, Ludwig Hughes, Lucas Lugren, and Sophia Stevens. Wow, I hope I, I definitely butchered some names there. I apologize. Crampton's uh, first dive into the world of H.P. Lovecraft came with one of her breakout roles in 1985's adaptation of Reanimator. That's where, that's what made her a huge star, was Reanimator, and would continue with her celebrated work in the following years uh, from beyond. Other notable roles of hers in the horror genre include Stuart Gordon's Castle Freak, Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett's You're Next, Ted uh, Gauguin's We Are Still Here, and Jackson Stewart's Beyond the Gates. Sacrifice is, het- is set to hit select theaters on February 5th and will be sh- followed by a video on demand release February 9th and Blu ray debut February 23rd. So, wow, that's an odd way of doing it. They're going to be followed up, run right after the other. But, you know, I don't normally do this from websites unless I check the video for any copyrights, but tonight, you know what? I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to play this trailer, and if you guys don't see me for a week on YouTube, that means I got hit with a copyright violation. <laughs> so, I'm going to I'm going to take a risk. Here we go. Let's watch this trailer. I'm next of kin, so... It sat empty for 25 years. I am Lensman Renata Nikor, local sheriff. Why don't you come to my house for supper tonight and I can fill you in on a family history. That is a striking piece of art. In Sofandi. That's Barbara. Iceland has its elves. Ireland has leprechauns, the rest of Norway has its trolls, and we have this lovely fellow. And what does the writing say? We just call him the slumbering one. Look how beautiful she is. (laughs) 
I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize there was anybody out there. Pregnant, okay? I need to go. Oh, mighty slumbering one, I call to thee. Take my blood, my flesh, my body, my soul. That looks good. I gotta admit, that looks really, really good. Uh, I didn't see that before just now. Uh, that looks really damn good. And Barbara Crampton, you guys will never guess how old she is. I'm not going to tell you either. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I'm excited. She's going to be here with us on Tuesday. Don't miss that interview. Uh, she has been in the horror genre for well over 35 years and i'm sure she has some great stories and just check her out on imdb and you'll see the long list of horror movies and other movies that she has starred in uh since the mid 80s so that's going to be really good you don't want to miss that so let's move on to our next thing here um this is actually another trailer it's the trailer for the movie called haunted hotel uh sorry the, it's a haunted hotel horror movie that's called The Night. The haunted hotel horror movie The Night details the terrifying torments of an Iranian couple, couple Babak and Nita, who live in the United States with their one-year-old daughter. After spending the evening at a friend's house, the pair make the grave mistake of checking into the Hotel Normandy. Normandy. An establishment with a creepy night manager, some noisy guests, and a general air of menace. While we will be instantly familiar, it will be instantly familiar to fans of Stanley Kubrick's classic terror tale, The Shining. Over the course of the night, Babak and Neda find themselves imprisoned and forced to face the secrets they have kept from each other. The result is an impressive chiller from writer-director Karush Ahari and a reminder to consult TripAdvisor before checking in to that convenient-looking lodge. The night stars Nourishi Jaff Jaffarin and Shahab Hosseini, whose credits include A Separation and The Salesman, for which you won Best Actor Award at the 2016 Cannes Films Festival. The film is being released by IFC Midnight in theaters and video on demand and digital platforms all on January 29th. Exclusively watch the trailer above and see the film's poster below. So this is the poster. Let's go ahead and check out this trailer. Hell, I already did it once. I, why back off now? Let's check this out. Welcome to the Hotel Dormandy. How many nights will you be staying? Just one. 
görüşürüz. I'm sorry, I didn't see anyone. Excuse me. Hello. Chew. Are you lost? Damn. Is there something that you're not telling me? Oh, that would freak me out. Remember. It's like quicksand. The more you struggle, the deeper you get in. another good looking one i mean i love these independent films you find some gems in there that's freaky don't you hate those haunted places that make you reveal your darkest secrets i mean come on a little privacy please anyway this movie called the night is being released simultaneously in theaters whichever ones are open video on demand and blu-ray on january 29th so that's another one to add to the list if you're looking for stuff to watch. So let's see, what do we have next? All right, let's talk about that Walking Dead comedy spinoff that I have not been too enthusiastic about. The team behind The Walking Dead is developing a comedic spinoff and it might be the perfect project to freshen up the long-running franchise. Now I'm open-minded, I'm open-minded, I love this picture. Andrew Lincoln, Josh McDermott, and Tom Payne. It looks like they're all sharing a good laugh right there in between takes. It's always good to see them laughing. Uh, the team behind The Walking Dead is developing a comedic spinoff, and it might be the perfect project to save the franchise as it looks ahead to the future. An array of new projects set in fictional apocalyptic universe have been announced in recent months. These planned titles are coming on the heels of the news that the original Walking Dead series is set to come to an end in 2022 after a supersized release of season 11, which will span two years. While it makes sense why AMC would want to hang on to the successful franchise, like The Walking Dead, experimenting with new genres might be the best bet. Like I said, I'm on it. I'm on the fence about this. The Walking Dead first debuted in 2010, based on Kirkman's comic book. We know that. Followed Rick Grimes, group of survivors. Uh, aside from battling the undead or the walkers, Rick and his group were forced to face off with power-hungry villains and other hardened survivors. Based on the show's popularity, AMC green greenlit a companion series, of course, Fear, which premiered a few months before The Walking Dead Season 6 in 2000, 
15. Second spin-off, World Beyond, launched this past October. So, you know, uh, short. <laughs> they don't really add any information in there, except saying that it's a good bet. Not really sharing why they think it's a good bet. Actually, it does continue. In addition to the announcement stating that The Walking Dead Season 11 will be the show's last, AMC shared news of various spinoffs and development. Kang, Gimple are doing a Daryl Carroll. We know that. The anthology, Tales of the Walking Dead. More recently, Gimple appeared on the Walking Dead holiday special. We've read that. While the idea of the Walking Dead comedy spinoff might sound outlandish, considering the tone of the established shows, a comedy could breathe new life into the long-running franchise by paying homage to beloved horror subgenre. I guess they mean the comedy subgenre. And here we go, Shaun of the Dead. I mean, you can't talk about comedic horror especially zombie horror, without mentioning Shaun of the Dead. Uh, when George A. Romero cremate, created Night of the Living Dead in the late 60s, a new subgenre of horror was born. As zombie films became more popular over the next few decades, filmmakers experimented with fresh takes on tales that focused on the undead. From there, the zombie comedy subgenre emerged with the success of movies like Return of the Living Dead, which was done great. A comedy zombie movie that was awesome, as was Shaun of the Dead. Brain Dead, Shaun of the Dead, Zombieland, another great one. And Dead Snow. Never seen Dead Snow. Since The Walking Dead already puts a ton of effort in paying tribute to the zombie genre of horror, including figures like Romero, it should be made a point to inject some comedy into the dreadful environment. I still don't see how they're going to do it and make it good. I'm sorry. By presenting the apocalyptic world through a comedic lens, the Walking Dead franchise would acquire a much-needed change of pace. The shows have focused enough on the suffering of survivors as they continuously face harsh conditions, lack of stability, and an abundance of death. The world already needs more laughter, and if a new Walking Dead spinoff could provide some comedy in an otherwise gloomy narrative, it could greatly pay off. Fans have already reacted positively to characters who serve as a comedic source like Negan and Eugene. Yeah, watching Negan with his, you know, cocky remarks is great. It's funny, and it's blended perfectly with the dreadfulness of The Walking Dead. Same thing goes with Eugene's, you know, entire way of talking. But to make a whole series just on that uh, and get rid of what we have come, you know, to get used to over the last 10 years of zombies being bashed and stabbed and smashed their heads in and people turning against people, I, I don't see 
you know, maybe I'm just thinking of this, of this the wrong way. Maybe the way I'm thinking of it is not how they're going to go. Maybe they're still going to still stick to the gloominess of the apocalyptic world that they are living in, but there's just going to be a lot more of Negan and Eugene-type comedy injected into each episode. Maybe. Developing an entire series with that sort of tone can expand the Walking Dead franchise while also attracting attracting a new segment of viewers. So, I don't know. I'm with Colette. Says it just won't work. Uh, Lindsay Sparks writes, I don't understand how they're going to make The Walking Dead funny. Also, Khaleesi says, I, I don't see it. I really don't. But, you know, I'm open to it. I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, I'm not just going to give it one shot and then stop watching it. I'm going to watch it and give it its fair share. And they could totally surprise us. They could really totally surprise us. They could find the perfect blend of mixing the gloominess of the apocalyptic world with some, uh, with a lot more comedy, a lot more, you know, Negan sayings or Abraham sayings. Uh, you know, those Abrahamisms, his one-liners were awesome. That's a huge part as to why we all fell in love with the character of Abraham played by Michael Cudlitz. So, you know, maybe we're just seeing this all through the wrong lens and we're picturing just a straight-up comedy where they're going to remove a lot of the blood, guts, the walkers, the bad people with the good people, and, you know, who are who, who are we to say who are the bad people, who are the good people? We've seen our characters, like uh, Rick, uh, become the bad people multiple times, um, you know, most notably when they decided to murder people in their sleep. I'm never going to let Rick Grimes off the hook for that one. Never, never, never going to let him off the hook for that one. Anyway, moving on, uh, James Wan. Now, this guy is, uh, you know, he has brought us movies like Saw, Insidious, The Conjuring. This guy has some impressive horror movies on his resume. Uh, He's coming out with a new one. It's called Malignant. Uh, and this is just about how the movie is going to get an R rating. Not a big surprise from a James Wan movie. Refreshingly, we don't know much about the upcoming horror film Malignant, but what we do know excites me. Excites the writer, not me, the writer. Uh, we know it's a return to the genre of James Wan, from James Wan, who gave us excellent uh, Saw, Insidious, and The Conjuring franchises. We know it's based on an original screenplay and idea after Wan's time helming franchises like The Furious 7 and Aquaman. Like I said, this guy has impressive movies under his belt. We know it's coming to theaters and HBO Max sometime this year. And now, via Slash Film, we know that it will be gloriously rated R. Juan's first R-rated picture since 2016's The Conjuring 2. Wow, it's been that long since he released an R-rated film. 
The official motion picture association reasoning for the R rating, strong horror violence, gruesome images, and for language. And in lieu of any plot details, stills, trailers, there's no trailers, or even an official 2021 release date, just hearing that Juan has produced an original R-rated film with strong horror violence and gruesome images has me absolutely stoked. Again, the writer. And me too. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love what Juan can do with the PG-13 horror film form in Insidious. Uh, you would think Insidious was an R rating just on the pure scare factor of it. And I love what he can do with more uh, atmospheric, dread-based scares like those scenes in The Conjuring. Heck, even his original R-rated Saw isn't nearly as bloody as our pop culture group Memory recasts it. Saw was an amazing movie. Playing much more restrained and contained even in comparison to other films in its franchise. As you guys know... There have been, what, seven sequels to Saw, and they're coming out not with another one, but they're sort of staying in the Saw universe. I played a, a trailer of it several days ago, uh, and it's called Spiral. It looks really good. It's in the Saw universe with Jigsaw. Uh, is Jigsaw going to be a part of it? I don't think so, but I don't know. Uh, Chris Rock is producing and starring in the movie. So seeing Chris Rock, who is a comedian uh, at the heart of his craft, go into the horror realm, that, now that's going to be interesting. That is going to be interesting. Singer Chick writes, I just cannot watch the Saw series. I get panic attacks with that one. Uh, yeah, they, uh, they uh, keep you on the edge of your seat. And Khaleesi Wright is also going to be with Samuel Jackson. That's right. Uh, VG writes, they all are connected. Uh, Sub on Instagram writes, he's one of my favorite directors. He's, he's great. Sub also writes, he does horror really, really well. He does. Chloe is waving at us. Juan, uh, sorry, Sub, who just said his comments, is also waving at us. Welcome to all you guys who have just joined us on Instagram. So, uh, let's finish off this article. Malignant's cast includes Annabelle Wallace, the Annabelle subset of the Conjuring verse, Jake Abel, George Young, Mady Hassan, uh, Michelle Brianna White, Jacqueline McKenzie. McKenna Grace. It's written by Akella Cooper, an original idea by Cooper, Juan, and Ingrid Bisu, who did The Nun. Oh, man, that nun. Today, we're going to be talking about demons and spirits in the movies. Can you guys think of a more scarier demon than the nun that we saw in the Conjuring universe? I mean, damn. All right. <laughs> Damn. I mean, nuns kind of freak me out to begin with, but you put a nun's outfit 
on a grotesque demon, that that does it for me. That gives me nightmares. And it's funny in the uh, well, not funny, but in the uh, the Conjuring movie, I believe it was, I believe it was yeah, Conjuring two. Uh, uh, what's his name? He had a portrait of that nun in his office. Why the hell would you have a portrait of that in your office at home? Uh, wouldn't it just freak the hell out of you just looking at that thing? You know, because he had vi- he had visions of the nun before they actually encountered it. Uh, Colette on Facebook writes, I've always been scared of nuns and clowns. Clowns are freaky. They don't scare me, but they're creepy. Especially after seeing that clown in American Horror Story. And then, of course, it, that demon being portrayed as a clown as well. Uh, but that American Horror Story clown several seasons ago, ooh, damn. Want to welcome Seven. Nish is waving us, waving at us on Instagram. Welcome to the show, Seven. So let's talk about our topic tonight. All right, tonight we are going to be talking about the difference between a quote-unquote evil spirit versus demons that we have seen in horror TV or horror movies, and we have seen our fair share. Now, very often uh, we see demons mistaken for evil spirits and evil spirits mistaken for demons on television. And, you know, these people who make these movies know that just saying the word demon is just going to attract that much more attention. It that, for, for some reason, I mean, rightfully so, demons in movies over the years, starting with The Exorcist and how they have been portrayed whether it's through possession or actually seeing them and how they look, like in The Conjuring 2 and that freaky-ass nun, uh, it has become seared into our memory and it is at the heart of what scares us. Uh, Singer Chick writes, I can't do Pennywise either. So Singer Chick, you've never watched any of the It uh, TV miniseries back in the 80s or the movies that have come out recently, they're both great. I know uh, clowns freak you out, but I, you know, I definitely recommend you watch it if you love horror movies. So we're going to be checking out some various clips of how demons have been portrayed throughout the decades. It's more recently than in the past. Uh as opposed to evil spirits. Now, let me ask you a question, all right? Let's say you guys move into a new house and, you know, a lot of weird shit starts happening, okay? Noises and your mind goes to, holy shit, I just bought or rented a haunted house or an apartment. Would you guys, this is sort of a non-brainer, would you want just a really evil spirit or sort of a benign demon to be the one haunting your place. (laughs) Because remember, I mean, we've heard this said many times over in horror movies. 
uh, as sort of a comedic line that if I die, I'm coming back to haunt your ass. Uh, you know, when we pass away, we don't know what happens, but if we are spirits and we have the chance to freak out the living, how many of us would really just totally resist the urge of screwing with some people and just putting a little bit of scare into them? I mean, have you ever thought about it in those terms? You know, if you do come back as a spirit and, you know, be able to move stuff around and cause poltergeist activity, uh, banging on the walls, footsteps in the middle of the night, chandeliers moving on their own, taking someone's keys and putting them in a different place. I mean, how many of you guys would actually resist that urge just to screw with somebody? You know, not causing any real harm, but it would scare the shit out of the person you're doing it to. No doubt about it. Uh, Khaleesi writes... I have that at my home now, has been for years. The animals and I just look at directional at directions noises come from and continue doing what we were doing. Wow. Uh, okay, Khaleesi, I got to tell you, that would freak the hell out of me. I don't know how you live with that. Uh, Lindsay Sparks writes, I watched 13 Ghosts with Matthew. Leard scared me a lot. Colette writes, I've always said I'm going to be a ghost. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you're, let's just say you come back. I mean, how can you resist the urge? All of a sudden, yeah, you're dead. You don't have your physical body anymore. And, but nobody can see you. It's like The Invisible Man. I hope you guys got to see the, the latest remake of The Invisible Man. It's an amazing movie. But if you f can find your way to make yourself completely invisible, really, who would resist the urge just to screw with some people? Uh, Singer Chick writes, I was a paranormal investigator years ago. I stopped once I had my daughter because I didn't want to take the chance of bringing anything home with me. I've had real encounters. Wow. I did not know that, Singer Chick. Uh, it takes a lot of guts to do that. Uh, you know, and to do it, you better be a believer. Because if you go into it as sort of a joking thing, I think you're going to be really surprised with what you do find, and you're going to regret your decision really quickly. Khaleesi writes, when my brother gave us a bed, as soon as I lay down, someone, someone sat at my head. Damn. All right. Welcome, Sophia. Carl Grimes on YouTube. That's scary. That's scary stuff there, Khaleesi. All right, so let's go ahead and watch some of these clips, okay? Let me see what... Uh, uh, I want to give credit to Watch Mojo for these. Don't want them to think that I'm stealing their stuff. But let's just check out uh, some exorcism slash demonic movies that have come out over the years. And, you know... This is Today lane. we're counting down our picks for the top 10 demon movies. No way. And there's for this no list, sign. we're taking a look at flicks where an evil spirit or spirits uh, play a major role in the demonic plot. When you're down here with me, you guys you can hear something. Also, a spoiler alert is in order. It's me, you black hearted. <laughs> Number 10 Paranormal Activity. Seems to me that that's what we're dealing with. Something that's basically connected to you. 
Upon its expansion into a wide release, Legions praised Paranormal Activity as the scariest movie of all time. Cool. I, I wouldn't say all time. Just, I, it, it, it's a little bizarre. While people might have overhyped it in retrospect, the film still holds up as a cool supernaturalist thriller. Will you stop following me with the camera? In an age when horror movies are notorious for being flashy and gory, this found footage flick derived most of its scares through what the audience doesn't see, thanks to a plot revolving around a young couple who's supposedly being haunted by a demon in their new home. What's here? Toby! Toby the demon! What, what are you talking about? I don't know. I feel it. I feel it breathing on me. Admit it, the first time you watched Paranormal Activity, you jumped right out of your seat on several occasions and probably couldn't get a wink of sleep that night. If you want to stay here and sleep in this f***ing bed and get dragged down the hall again, we'll I don't think so. We'll be okay. Be sure to choose your bedfellows wisely, or you might end up now, with one of them if you guys remember at that point where uh, Katie wants to stay in my bed anymore, she had Number become nine, possessed. Hi, Georgie. Let's, let's just scan over some of these. If you want Curry as the This is the 1980s it. trilogy, that didn't stop him from returning to his campy horror roots with Drag Me to Hell. Oh, this is a good one. I'm scared. The title speaks for itself, as characters are literally dragged down into the pits of hell in this horror film. After a hideous old lady curses Allison Lohman and she finds out she'll be haunted by a Lamia demon though, the underworld almost sounds like a welcome escape. with anvils dropping on people's heads and possessed talking goats. Drag Me to Hell has the essence of a demented cartoon. It's silly, it's scary, and it's just a ton of fun. So if you're looking for a little lighthearted, Number seven, uh, paranormal movie. Okay, so this movie, Wreck, uh, just well, Advertised to American audiences as the movie that inspired the 2008 remake, Quarantine. Quarantine. Quarantine is the movie I talked to you guys about the other day, starring Jennifer Carpenter, where she's a, uh, they're doing a documentary uh, with a firehouse. They get called to an emergency at a building. The next thing you know, the building is being completely sealed off, surrounded by a whole bunch of officials outside. No one's allowed out. And inside, there's a virus spreading where it turns people into zombies. Uh, so this Spanish found footage film unsurprisingly shares a similar premise with the later flick. Wreck follows a TV reporter interviewing a group of firefighters on their night shift. When called upon to rescue an elderly woman locked inside her apartment, they uncover a much more hazardous story. Mira! The film makes good use of the shaky cam technique and creates a claustrophobic atmosphere. But where quarantine stuck to the mutated virus zombie approach, Wreck injects an unexpected demonic twist that's further explored in its sequels. Number six, The Conjuring. We are beyond terrified. Now, the movie The Conjuring, if you guys can go back to when you first watched it, we all know that it started with the whole Annabelle story. It's Ed and Lorraine Warren giving a lecture, uh, and the movie starts, the first Conjuring starts, and we get to hear about Annabelle. Uh, right then and there, the first five plus minutes of the movie, uh, it wanted 
you wanted to, the whole movie to be about Annabelle. That's how freaky the first five minutes of The Conjuring is. Luckily, we do get Annabelle movies later on, but they are, I mean, they're, they're good. They're good. The Annabelle movies are very good, but they're nowhere near as freaky as just a five-minute opener to The Conjuring movie. And this is what, we're, what they're showing right now is the opener to The Conjuring movie. We don't know what's going on or what to do. Can you help us? The Conjuring is one of those classic haunted house movies where the homeowners don't move out even after their dog turns up dead and one of their daughters starts sleepwalking. A very powerful demonic has latched itself onto her. While it doesn't revolutionize the genre, this is actually an effective thriller carried by a genuinely chilling mood, convincing performances, and a surprisingly touching relationship between two paranormal investigators, played by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. Uh, well, we've been called demonologists. It's one name for us. Ghost hunters, paranormal researchers. Cooks. <laughs> Wackos. But we prefer to be known simply as Ed and Lorraine Warren. It also has one of the creepiest dolls ever in the haunted Annabelle, who sadly became... How many of you guys have actually seen the real Annabelle doll? Uh, for those of you who have not seen the real Annabelle doll, uh, picture a Raggedy Ann doll. Uh, nowhere near as scary as how Annabelle is portrayed in the movies. Just picture a Raggedy Ann doll with red hair, uh, squishy, not, you know, plastic like she's portrayed in the movies. But uh, the way Ed and Lorraine Warren, they did a show where they showed, they actually do have a room where they have all their haunted possessions that they have taken throughout their course of investigating through the years. And Annabelle is kept. The way it's portrayed in the movies is how it is in real life. The, the real Annabelle doll is kept in her own protected glass encasement with a warning sign to never open that door. That is absolutely the truth. Uh, Enid writes up, I think Annabelle just uh, a make-believe doll. No, she's real. She's real. Less credible with her 2014 prequel slash spinoff. I love this movie. Number five, Poltergeist. Love the Poltergeist. At the turn of the 1980s, more and more parents started. How could you not love this movie? Haunted by wicked entities is clearly PG-13 material. Sorry, I'm scanning for this because we're almost out of running out of time. Never afraid to. How many of you out there have never watched Poltergeist? Not the remake, the original. The remake's actually pretty good as well. After watching it, you'll never look at a clown doll the same way again. There you go, clowns. There you go, Simmer Chuck. Can you, would you be able to sleep? Before we get to the evil dad, I'm wondering if Signature Chuck would be able to sleep in a room with that same clown doll. Uh, <laughs> it's very freaky. Now, this movie right here, The Evil Dead, uh, one of the best demonic movies, possessions, whatever group you want to put it under starring bruce campbell uh late 80s early 80s i believe i don't think it was in the late 70s early 80s he plays a character by the name of ash 
There have been a lot of sequels afterwards, but the original is just one of those scary-ass movies. Watch this. Torturing me like this! Why?! Sam Raimi established his knack for mixing absurd horror with absurd humor through this 1981 cult classic. <laughs> Evil Dead had no humor in it whatsoever. Evil Dead 2 did. On a low budget, Raimi crafted a gross-out, gut-busting good time that really stood out from the crowd. The Cabin in the Woods setting might be familiar, but The Evil Dead distinguishes itself with gleeful gore, impressive stop-motion visuals, and let's not forget the demonically possessed raping trees. It would go on to inspire a 2013 remake slash reboot, which, while not as funny as its predecessor, is still positively to die for. Wait, they're making a huge mistake in calling the Evil Dead funny. I want to go ahead and clear that up right now. The original Evil Dead, there is no humor in it whatsoever. Now, they're confusing it with Evil Dead 2. Okay, the sequel to Evil Dead. That had humor in it. Army of Darkness, uh, yeah. That had a lot of funny moments in it but the original the evil dead there is not a second a minute there is no humor no light-hearted moments whatsoever in the in the original evil dead so i just want to go ahead and clear that up right now they're making a mistake by saying that the first one was comedic it was not number three rosemary's baby we have to make baby Having a demon inside you is one thing. The idea of that demon also being your unborn child, however, is blood-curdling beyond belief. Somebody help me! What makes Rosemary's Baby a masterful psychological horror movie is how it plays with both the protagonist's mind and the audience's mind. What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? I like the Rosemary Baby that came We're not sure out if Rosemary is eight losing years ago for TV. She's at the center of a demonic it came out as a miniseries. In which the truth stares uh, Rosemary So if you guys are not into watching the original movie, look up Rosemary's Baby, uh, the TV Number two, miniseries. The Omen. For only if he is within you can you defeat the son of the devil. Although we never see Satan spawn in Rosemary's Baby, his offspring takes center stage here. In God's name are you talking about? Awesome. The son of The son of the devil. The definitive Antichrist movie, The Omen has no shortage of immortal frights, involving a nanny hanging herself, a household accident involving a tricycle, Lindsay and Sparks reveal Damien's wants to know if that little girl from the poltergeist is still alive. No. Unfortunately, she died as a little girl. Uh very soon after the second poltergeist movies the second poltergeist it was very tragic i can't remember the cause of her death but no she's not alive it was very sad uh yeah very sad no she's not alive a birthmark a sequence of sixes any parent who names their kid damien is pretty much setting him up to be evil though Even if it doesn't take an exorcist to figure out that this little bugger has malevolence running through his veins, Richard Donner's disturbing direction keeps you constantly on edge. This was a great film. Before we summon our top pick, here are a few honorable mentions. I can still hear that voice.
Tell me your name, wicked one. That's Jennifer Carpenter. Jennifer Carpenter is also the star in Quarantine. Depths of hell, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anyway, we're running out of time. Uh, I want to thank Watch Mojo for those clips uh, and allowing us to show them to you. Uh, going back to that girl from uh, the Poltergeist, her real name was Heather. Uh, Colette writes, she had a bad heart. She was 12 when she passed away. It was very sad. Uh, very sad. I remember it like it was yesterday when I found out the news. Khaleesi writes, it was the third one where she had to be in the water for so long. She ended up in pneumonia. That killed her. Never heard that version of that. Never heard that version of her death. Uh, the heart condition does ring a bell. It's something that, I, that we should look up after tonight's show. Uh, but anyway, we are out of time. I want to thank you guys so much for joining me tonight. Uh, please check out our website deadtalklive.com check out all of our social networks youtube instagram facebook twitch and twitter just search for dead talk live on any of them uh please if you haven't visited our youtube channel please do so and subscribe if you're there right now it'd be greatly appreciated if you hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast it's been a pleasure as always i will be back with you guys again tomorrow night thank you so much for tuning in Stay safe and always stay walking. Good night.